Will didn't feel like being rudely broken in on in this way. The two men were rivals, but Will, being the victor, would have been magnanimous, only he wanted to be alone with his lover's dream. When do you go back to the Sam? Ed asked after a little. Term begins next week. I'll make a break about second week. Let's see. You graduate next year, don't you? I expect to if I don't slip up on it. They walked on side by side, both handsome fellows, Ed a little more showy in his face, which had a certain clean-cut precision of line and a peculiar clear pallor that never browned under the sun. He chewed vigorously on a quid of tobacco, one of his most noticeable bad habits. Teams could be heard clattering along on several roads now, and jovial voices singing. One team coming along behind the two men, the driver sung out in good-natured warning, Get out of the way there! And with a laugh and a chirp, spurred his horses to pass them. Ed, with a swift understanding of the driver's trick, flung out his left hand and caught the end gate, threw his fork in, and leaped after it. Will walked on, disdaining attempt to catch the wagon. On all sides now the wagons of the plowmen or threshers were getting out into the fields with a pounding, rumbling sound. The pale red sun was shooting light through the leaves and warming the boles of the great oaks that stood in the yard and melting the frost off the great gaudy threshing machine that stood between the stacks. The interest, picturesqueness of it all, got hold of Will Hannon, accustomed to it as he was. The horses stood about in a circle, hitched to the ends of the six sweeps, all shining with frost. The driver was oiling the great tarry cogwheels underneath. Laughing fellows were wrestling about the yard. Ed Kinney had scaled the highest stack and stood ready to throw the first sheaf. The sun, lighting him where he stood, made his fork-handle gleam like dull gold. Cheery words, jests, and snatches of song everywhere. Dingman bustled about giving his orders and placing his men, and the voice of big Dave McTurg was heard calling to the men as they raised the long stacker into place. Heave-ho there! Up she rises! And best of all, Will caught a glimpse of a smiling girl face at the kitchen window that made the blood beat in his throat. Hello, Will, was the general greeting, given with some constraint by most of the young fellows, for Will had been going to Rock River to school for some years, and there was a little feeling of jealousy on the part of those who pretended to sneer at the seminary chaps like Will Hannon and Milton Jennings. Dingman came up. Well, I guess you'd better go on the stack with Ed. Already. Hurrah there, said David, in his soft but resonant bass voice that always had a laugh in it. Come, come, every sucker of you get hold of something. Already. He waved his hand at the driver, who climbed upon his platform. Everybody scrambled into place. Already, boys. Steady there, Dan. Already, boys. Steady there, boys. Already now. The horses began to strain at the sweeps. The cylinder began to hum. Grab a root there. Where's my band cutter? Here, you climb on here. 
and David reached down and pulled Shep Watson up by the shoulder with his gigantic hand. Boom! 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 Yar! Yar! The whirling cylinder boomed, roared, and snarled as it rose in speed. At last, when its tone became a rattling yell, David nodded to the pitchers, rasped his hands together. The sheaves began to fall from the stack. The band cutter, knife in hand, slashed the bands in twain, and the feeder, with easy majestic motion, gathered them under his arm, rolled them out into an even belt of entering wheat, on which the cylinder tore with its frightful, ferocious snarl. Will was very happy in his quiet way. He enjoyed the smooth roll of his great muscles, the sense of power he felt in his hands as he lifted, turned, and swung.